Before the advent of modern science, were we right to believe that a baby can have only one father? Or was that a myth that just happened to be correct? This is yet another spinoff of our hunter-gatherer deep dive episode. It raised a lot of questions for me. Now, in that episode, we talked about the belief common across tribes in the Amazon region called partable paternity, meaning multiple fathers. Go back and listen to that episode for the full deal. But basically, it's a belief that semen from more than one lover can clump together in the womb and produce a child that, in the eyes of these tribes, literally has multiple fathers. Now... We in the West, and almost everywhere outside the Amazon, apart from one tribe from Papua New Guinea called the Lucy, have always quite confidently believed in single paternity, meaning a child can only have one father. But were we right to be so confident about that, or were we just cocky? Before the discovery of the sperm in the ovum under a microscope, I mean, were we justified in our belief, or were we, like the Amazon tribes, just believing in a folk myth, the myth of the single father. That's what we're talking about today. I'm B.T. Newberg, and this is the History of Sex Short Shorts. And now the royal team singing their big record, 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 short, I want to thank our Patreon patron, Ed Bernal, for making this episode possible. Now, before you laugh too much, consider this. We don't believe this, obviously, right? In the West, we have single paternity beliefs. But what real evidence did we ever have of this before the modern era? Beckerman and Valentine actually call our situation a, quote, happy coincidence of folk doctrine and biological reality that we were ever right. I mean, yes, you could say, well, like, there's probably an isolated incidence where, you know, a woman had sex with only one man, only one time, she got pregnant, and the baby was fine. But we're talking about statistical probabilities in this kind of thing, right? So their, Ache's response would probably be like, well, she was lucky, you know? So it's kind of hard to deduce without being able to see under a microscope exactly what's happening with the sperm and the egg and such, exactly how this stuff goes. So in kind of a real sense, our culture was just lucky to hit upon the right theory. We developed a theory of single paternity, whereas the Aceh and the other tribes of the Amazon region developed a different theory, along with that one other loner tribe in Papua New Guinea, the Lucy. But both they and us were perhaps really just following our separate folk myths about fatherhood. And by the way, and we'll close with this, I wish I could tell you why the Lucy alone outside the Amazon also have a belief in partable paternity. What's up with that? But unfortunately, I could not find that answer. All I could find was a reference in Beckerman and Valentine citing a report by Counts and Counts that was quoted thus. The notion that the fetus grows as a result of multiple acts of intercourse seems to prevail for the Lucy. Even the young people who assert that only one act is required generally agree that it is possible for a person to have more than one father. So, yes, that does sound like partable paternity, at least in principle. They agree that it's possible to have more than one father. But no rationale that I could find is given for why they alone also developed this same belief. I mean, what do they have in common in their two situations that conduces to this? 
I don't know. Perhaps it goes back to what we were just saying about how it's not actually that easy to figure out stuff like this, and if you're not going to hold a single paternity belief, well, the only other possible alternative is multiple paternities, so there you go. I don't know. It appears like this belief spontaneously came to be separately on at least two occasions in world history. That's it for today, folks. This has been the History of Sex Short Shorts. Podcast theme music mixed from tracks by Kevin McLeod and short shorts by The Royal Teens. For additional credits, references, picks, and more, see our website at www.historyofsexpod.com.